Hello, hello, hello! Welcome to tonight's podcast! It only took me three tries to hit the record today. Um, hello. Tonight's topic is where there is magic, there is danger. The pros and cons of a low magic setting. So, I'm joined by three wonderful guests tonight, and I'm just going to introduce them one by one by one. Um, starting to my left, uh, that would be Brittany. Obviously, you guys don't see each other in the order I am, so I will just reference you guys to make your life easy. Don't worry. <laughs> So, Brittany, who are you? What you do? Tell us about yourself. Yep. So, my name is Brittany. Um, I am the founder of Skilled Trade Staffing, where we focus on the warehousing industry. We partner with different companies that need additional support for their crews or maybe need us to staff an entire project. Sweet. So, this is, since the beginning part, the, you get to promo or anything like that. Do you have websites or things people can find you, that kind of stuff? Yes, absolutely. So our website is uh, st-staffing.com. Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Brittany Flores, as well as on Instagram, um, Brittany underscore M underscore Flores as well. Awesome. All right. Well, that was quick and easy. Jumping over to Ute. Ute. Who are you? What you do? Tell us about yourself. Hey, everyone. My name is Ute, and my business is Pets Point of View. I work with animals. I'm an animal communicator, and I'm also a pet death doula. So my primary clients are older animals that are close to death, but I also work with young animals who have nervous system issues or PTSD or rescue cats, rescue dogs. And you can also find me on social media, Facebook, Insta, TikTok, Pets Point of View. You can Google that or you can type that in. I have a website, pets, pets dash of, no, pets dash point of view, all dash 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 dot com. And that's what I got to say for now. Thank you. Fantastic. And last but not least, Lexi. Hey guys, I'm Lexi Moni. Um, I am the founder of Courage Publishing, and I do book coaching, editing, write my own books, and am generally in the literary industry. Um, you can find me at publishcourage.com or Google my name anywhere. I will pop up. I'm one of a kind, only my name. So yeah, check me out. I was gonna say not to not to make fun of you, but your nickname needs to be Flexi, because uh, Flexi the Mooney. Right there. I've heard it's a lot right of there. for my name. So tonight's topic super simple. Um, it is having the pros and cons of a low magic setting in your games, right? So generally, we talk about D and D here or other fantasy based stuff, um, but. Low, low magic settings opens up the possibility for way more than just that, right? It adds the futuristic settings uh, and things. Uh, Starfinder is a fantastic example where it still has magic stuff in it, but definitely not as much. Um, so for like storytelling reasons, right? Uh, I'm just going down the line here. Is there a reason why you wouldn't want to include magic in your stories? If you guys were telling a story, is there a reason why you wouldn't want to include magic in what you're saying? So... You're shaking your head. We're going to start with you, Mr. Unicorn. <laughs> uh, so, you know, for me, animals are magical. And it doesn't mean it's all fun and it's all easy. But for me, magic happens when I go beyond what I can understand intellectually. When I have to employ different ways of accessing information. Information is behavior, is this, that, and the other. That also applies to people, but with animals, I find it a little bit more 
easy, I find it easier, I want to say, you know, because they can't mistranslate themselves the way people can. That's my my take on that. Interesting. Okay. So you're, you wouldn't want to tell a story without magic because the things that you personally deal with are, in your opinion, magical, yeah? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's a cool way to look at it. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, jumping over to Lexi. Lexi, would, what would be a reason for you to tell a story that is in a low magic setting, especially as a, as a publisher, right? Like you deal with plenty of books and things. Like, is fantasy on the yeah, list? Um, absolutely, fantasy is on the list. In fact, I'm currently working on an eight-part fantasy sci-fi series. So dealing with the magic of my own, Absolutely. Um, however, writing into a low magic setting is interesting because like, for instance, the world that I have built is technically like a universe and they time hop and it's this whole thing, right? But some of the worlds that they end up on, like Earth, for instance, is a low magic world. And so then you have to work with the confines of physics and all of the things that we know as Earthlings. Um, but then you can play with it and move to different levels of uh, high fantasy is really what it's called when you have like the princesses and the dragons and the knights and the wizards, magic, all of the things. Um, and so being flexible in where you take your characters, what the characters really want out of the story and whether or not magic is really something that you need to bring about the goals of all of your characters, I think is really important. Okay, nice. So jumping, jumping over to Brittany, same question. Yes, yeah, so I would say for us, um, I know like Lexi had mentioned like low magic, but I would say for us, even though like we're a service-based business. And so for us, you know, we, we create the magic with both our customers as well as with our the workers that are looking to find work. So we have to differentiate ourselves from all those other staffing companies of, you know, why do they want to work with us compared to like maybe that other staffing company down the road? And so through our service, that's where we've got to create that magic of like, this is what you're going to get with us and how we can be a good for, a good fit for you. And same thing with the workers as well too. Um, they have different options of different staffing companies that they can go through or just try to find a job on their own. And sometimes that can be challenging. And so for us, we wanna show them that by working with us, you know, we can help create that magic for them of finding a job that would be a good fit for them. Gotcha, so just as a, as a kind of follow-up question on that one, when you're working with, uh... <laughs> your clients and whatnot, having low low magic-based, or in this case, fluff-based uh, rhetoric about your employees would probably be very important because you don't want them to come off as whimsical when you want them to be professional. Uh, I assume 99% mm -hmm. of the time, right? So uh, giving yep. true attributes uh, to your, your in, in your realm, your characters' uh, lives is going to be more important than making them seem cool, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. So uh, next question with uh, kind of on this. Um, so we got reasons why you would want one, why you wouldn't want one and kind of the in between of why you should have one. Um, let's let's go over like we'll start with the pros. I get, think that's the, the order of the title is pros and cons. So, uh, again, I'm just going to go to you guys individually. Feel free to you know add on to something. If someone says something, you're like, yes, that one I like. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, we're going to. 
go backwards this time, starting with Brittany. Brittany, uh, what would be a pro, right, of having a, uh, a setting, a story with your clients and people that is that low realism, low, or sorry, low magic, so high realism type scenario? I know we kind of just talked about it, but is there anything else that you can add on to that, you think? Um, no, I think you hit like the, the nail on the head with that of just, you want to be, you just want to be upfront and honest as well too. So when you're dealing with the customers, they don't want a lot of the fluff. They want you just to be direct to them and give it to them honestly, especially if they're coming to you and requesting, you know, X amount of workers, can you fulfill the role or not? Um, and how quickly can you as well too? So a lot of our customers are going just to want to have that short, direct answer of, can you help them? Yes or no. Right, so it's sounding like that the the mo one of the best pros about it is direct action, right? We kind of said it before. Mm -hmm. There's no fluff. There's no whatever. It's a these are the mean potatoes of what we're shooting for. There it is, right? All right. Yep. And it sounds like being ethical is important, right? There you go. Right. For okay, me. so I'm going to yeah. jump to you since you since you since you talked. Well, haha. Um, kind of the play off that. Um, <laughs> what. Uh, in your realm, right? Uh, yeah. How do you downplay the magical, right? You had said that pets are magical and all that fun stuff. So how yeah. do you make the realism stand out in your when you're telling okay. these stories for people? Yeah. So I'm not t telling uh, fabulous tales or anything. People come to me because they're in pain, right? Because the animal is sick or they come to me because they're really baffled by some behaviors. And the low magic delivery for me is that I'm very giving very tangible solutions and it's based on everything the animals do makes perfect sense to them it always does it doesn't to us you know and I'm not gonna lie there are things that are just not really pleasant you know say a cat pees outside of the box or something like that right and so what I'm trying to do is really translate what the what the template is of the animal what makes sense and what we can learn to be a practical support for this situation you know because we we pulled them into our lives they didn't stand at the door and say please let me in please let me in right they they were domesticated and so i think it's our job to learn a little bit more and so as long as it is really practical and people feel they get more tools besides but they're made to believe the tools are, which are limited in many situations. Um, that can really enhance the, the situation, the family life. And eventually some people see the magic in that. But that's not what I'm thinking when I go in. You gotcha. know, I help you troubleshoot. Okay. All right. So it, so it sounds like even though you personally believe that the, the magic's there, having a real base in, in the, the reality of what things are is hyper important for what you do. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Lexi, to round out this question, jumping over to you. Um, in, in those settings, right, low, low magic uh, doesn't mean no magic. Um, what are some pros of having those kind of settings? What's, what's the, the viability of adding just a little, a touch of magic to what you're doing? Um, excellent question. And I would say probably the biggest pro is the connection to realism as a whole. Like, once again, there are little magics. <laughs> you just have to look for them, right? Um, okay, time out. Before you, before you go too far, I got, I got a follow-up question and we can go back to it. 
What are okay. little magics? What do you consider little magics? Mm -hmm. Good question. Um, manifesting is a big little magic. Okay. <laughs> hey, all of us know that manifesting um, is a major part of businessy stuff. So uh, what do you mean by that? Um, I mean, like, there is a magic in, like, wanting and surrendering at the same time. Like, when you go for something when you lean in but then you're also like I have no control over how this plays out like this is just the desire and the universe or the powers or whatever you believe in as the the thing that brings the manifestation true um you just surrender to that aspect and that is the magic like watching the puzzle pieces fit into place and just build this thing that it's just a pipe dream for the beginning. Like you just have this little inkling of thing that you're like, oh yeah, this is great. Let's, let's lean into that. And then once you lean in and you just let go of the rest, it, it really just works itself out. That's the magic to me. And even though like for some people, that's a big magic, like what, like the little pieces along the way make it like, like a sparkle, like just a little fairy dust of sprinkling. And then suddenly you have this big thing at the end. A little fairy dust. Nice. That's a that's a good saying. I'm going to have to steal that for later. Um, so to go back to the original question, sorry to throw you on a tangent there. Okay. Um, but uh, what are some other pros that like in being a low magic setting? Not a zero magic setting, but a low magic setting. Again, a little, little bit of fairy dust. Right. A little bit of fairy dust. Uh, the pros are that you get a real sense of character, to be honest. Like in all settings, there is this aspect to character building, for instance, where like they, like you can push them a lot more when it's low magic. Like they don't just have all of their wishes come true. Like it's it's more of that, like there's no place like home, like clicking your heels together and hoping for the best, right? Like that's full face, right? Like no one's ever done that before. And suddenly like, here you are back in Kansas. Um, so I would say that like the pros really showcase whether or not you can bring your character into like their full fruition or if they are, say, a little bit more scared of what happened. So they're less faithful and how it plays out. And so like there are just ways that you can kind of inch them in directions that are true to them based on how they view surrender magic faith all of the things like their fairy dust sensors couldn't be tingling <laughs> okay ah oh, man you you said like five things that i want to hit on uh really hard so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of phrase them into questions for everyone else so the first first one being right is full character development right when you work with your clients so this is a question for both of you and i'll let you answer in turn um how do you get the full character of a your animals or b your clients so uh, starting with Brittany, how do you how do you get the full character, the full picture of your uh, clients across to other people? Um, and so when you're saying full character, you're talking about like their character or our character. Your, your um, mm, solid question. Specifically their character, but if you also want to talk on your character, I'm happy to listen. <laughs> so I say, I mean, for us, it's 
you got to, we have to target our market first and just kind of understand the industry trend. So you kind of have an idea of what that character then could be. Um, but then for us, it's a lot of it is just conversations and then just understanding them, like what their needs are, what challenges they're facing um, and what they're needing in return. And just by asking those like open-ended questions, kind of like probing questions to better understand them um, is going to then help us be able to work with them in the long run. Like these conversations, we're like leading them, but we're not just dumping info on them like we need to get to know them and understand them right that totally makes sense all right jumping over to the animal sides of things how do you get the true character from an animal figured out right you talked you talked about understanding the patterns and behaviors and why they're doing the yeah. things they're doing how do you go about yeah. that so i trained in some modalities where i really trained to observe behavior and not just say he or she is stubborn or all the things that we say about animals, you know? So I train to say, I see the dog get up slowly. I see the cat do this or whatever, right? So if you came to me with your dog and you had some, some, you know, you had a problem, you wanted me to collaborate with you on that, I would ask you, what have you done? And when you describe this and that, what have you observed? And if I came to your house, I would say, this is what I would just narrate what I'm observing in the animal, right? And I would narrate how I position myself in the animal. And then we'd go like, oh, oh, this is different because when grandma and grandpa comes over, come over, this and this and this happens. So I ask a lot of open questions, invite people to share what they have done, what they see, what the outcome is, and can they consider that it looks very different from the animal's point of view, right? Okay. And so what can happen at the end of a consult or a session or a reading or what have you is that, that you might go like, duh, that makes total sense. You were just too close in the soup, right? And you might get a whole new perspective that isn't as humanizing as a lot of people make the animals seem. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Of course, yes. So, uh, interesting. So, <laughs> I hope it is. No, no, it definitely, definitely is. I'm just, I have a follow-up question on that one. Um, when, yeah. you're, when you're doing this, right, um, mm -hmm. obviously you want to get the characters, the characters, the animal's character figured out, right? What is, like one of your easy ways of doing so what is the like uh categorically how do you separate them is there like a pattern or a, a something that you go into that makes it easy to stand out for you that's like ah, oh, they're doing this because when dogs do this they do this thing right or whatever no i don't say when dogs do this that, that happens on occasion i look at the animal like i look at you and each one of you here you're individuals we're all okay. humans no, but you're an individual. I am like say is Brittany is okay. right. Certain generalizations, like in our case, we could say where we live or what breed is the dog or whatever. Right. But I really look at them as an individual and not as like dogs do this. I mean, I get really activated when people tell me that because okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think that feeds into the storytelling bit of this. Right. Is you treating your characters in in my setting? Uh, and probably in Lexi's settings of like individually dealing with these characters and the reasons for why they're doing and whatnot makes the story way more interesting, especially in a little magic campaign 
uh, where they don't have the option of, as she said, uh, having all their wishes granted at once, right? There's a lot of work pushed into what they're doing, right? Um, so having an individualized understanding is uh, paramount to understanding the story that is being told, right? Um, and yeah. through the wishes not magically being granted, the low magic setting, just a little bit of fairy dust, uh, you get to uh, see them and how they truly act, right? Scared, excited, whatever, right? Um, Lexi, you also touched on manifestation a little bit, right? And it sounds like, and this is a question yeah. for you to answer, uh, that uh, one of the a major setting for low magic settings might be like uh, a faith-based uh, story. Would you agree with that? Um, yes and no. And okay. I think that the reason for no is like, what is your character's greatest desire? Mm -hmm. um, in fact, that's one of my favorite questions to ask when building a story in general. Like, if you just start with that, like, what is the greatest desire and how can I get it We've lost you, Lexi. You still there? She's frozen. Yeah. Uh, for people watching, she is dealing with some snowfall stuff, so if she has to escape, unfortunately it happens. Uh, Lexi, if you can hear us, go ahead and disconnect and reconnect, and we'll get back to you in a second. Maybe. Perhaps. Um. <laughs> so, uh, Kind of, kind of on the same veins for you guys. Well, hopefully she comes back and can finish her her answer because he's, uh, he's talking. Yeah. Oh, is she? I can't see it on my end. Yeah, Lexi, we cannot. Yeah, yeah she's talking. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not seeing it. So whatever. If you uh, can, she hear me? I don't think so. Okay, yeah. Uh, would someone type in the chat to tell her to disconnect and reconnect? That should probably solve the problem. Yeah. Thank you. Much appreciated. So while they're typing. Um, back, back to this, uh, topic of a low magic campaign being more of a faith-based entity setting, whatever, um, for, for, from personal experience on my storytelling side of things, that's generally where I place mine in, uh, because miracles and things like that aren't necessarily the answer, the end-all be-all for characters, uh, but it still allows them to call to a higher power and manifest what they want with whatever... Uh, faith or religion that they want to use right for the the story setting so on and so forth um so uh now that we've talked about it a little bit do you guys are you guys thinking there's any other pros to being in a low magic setting that you guys can think of it's relatable relatable okay i i whole wholeheartedly agree i definitely think it allows you to examine the human experience at a closer level yeah yeah. And it demystifies things. Demystifies. It can. It can, yes. But it can also mystify things, right? Because if there's things that happen unexplained, it would do the the the, right. the opposite, right? Yeah. Um Okay, cool. I mean, uh, we go to, let's do a popular example. Star Wars, right? Uh, is a low magic setting for the most part. It's a magical universe that all kinds of cool things happen in. But Jedi, Sith, and other Force-sensitive people are your wizards, basically, if you think about it, right? Um, so that's a it's a fantastic setting to kind of draw comparisons to. You know, a, sp a specific group of people have these magical abilities, and they're not necessarily easy to use. Um, mm. So when you have these low magic settings, and again, low, not non, 
you can have these people that are extremely powerful with this magic or no things, but it takes a considerable amount of time, all that fun stuff. Um, I see Lexi on my end. She looks like her video's loading in. Can anyone hear her yet? Lexi, can you hear us? She's on the screen, but she's not talking right now. Can you hear me now? Ah, there she is. Yep, yep. Now we can hear you. Yay! Okay, your video's not there, but we can hear you. That's the important part. Um, for for a bit, if you want to just kill your video so we can hear you, that might help with the buffering, so we don't lose you again. Maybe, perhaps. Anyway, next question, if you guys are ready, and then Lexi, if you have anything to add to pros for uh the the low magic setting feel free i'm just going to type in the box and let her know to turn off her video oh there she goes yeah. <laughs> all right oh. there it went okay yeah. it worked i can kind of hear you now did you hear I anything hear i just said no no you're good no not until i took off the headphones did it work oh you sound much better oh uh, much easier to hear okay cool beans <laughs> so um, side note, uh, if you want to kill your video, that might help with the, the buffering and lag and whatnot. Um, and you'll just be a, a picture on the screen, which is fine. It's not going to hurt anything for us. Um, so before I move on to the next question, did you have any other thoughts on pros to add to, uh, the low magic setting or pros of running a low magic setting? Um... I mean, <laughs> I don't. I missed like half of that conversation. So sorry. sorry. <laughs> but, uh, Look, worse comes to worse, you reinforce um, something someone honest. already said. So, right, true. Um, I think really it's just the fact that like a little bit of magic and a little bit of, I mean, really a little bit of anything when it comes to world building or character building is enough to just like get you through the door, right? So. I say that the pro is really just the incentivization of it. Like get someone to do something, get them to take action, whatever it is. Like that's, that's the pro. Ooh, because you can hang a carrot over their face. That's the, Hey, here's your wish to be granted instantaneously. Kind of like we've talked about before. Possibly, maybe perhaps. Right. Except don't grant it instantaneously. Like right. dangle the carrot, but then also like, Stick a treadmill under them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that. That's good. Okay. So moving on to the con side of things. Um, what, what are some bad reasons to have a low magic setting? Again, not a non-magic setting, but a low magic setting. A again, a little bit of fairy dust. What are some, well, some negativities that you guys can think about from going with that approach? The high tier realism and less wish granty-ish stuff. Um, starting, mm -hmm. starting with, um, Miss Unicorn. Um, the cons are that some people want no magic, period. They are just in a very transactional situation. They want to treat it as a transactional situation. So they don't want any magic. They think it's too soft. Gotcha. So a, a negative of having any magic at all. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Um. What about you? I was just gonna say, yeah, I think some, sometimes the people that we deal with, it's it's just more of like just transactional of hey, I don't have much time, tell you know, again, just being direct and then you know, moving on. So yeah, I was just gonna say very transactional sometimes. 
Like, don't okay. give me the fluff. Just tell me how it is. Okay. I, and as a business owner, I totally understand that. Sometimes I don't want to chit chat. Sometimes I just need my order to show up or uh, questions answered or whatever. Right. Um, but yep. since you both kind of had the same answer for that, uh, is that necessarily a bad thing in your opinion? I want to say, no, I don't. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Yeah, no, I, I think for me sometimes too, it's especially because we're very uh, bootstrapping as well too. And so we've got to go visit these different warehouses and, you know, it's that old phrase of like time is money. So sometimes I just need to be quick as well too. Like when I'm doing these visits with them, just because I'm trying to then get over to the other warehouse in time as well too. But then I've got to be able to give myself time to get back and like, okay, let me play catch up on emails and then making notes in their file. Like, what did I do? Who did I talk to? What do I got to do next with them? So sometimes even just for myself, like I need the transactions to be, the interactions need to be quick as well too. Okay. So as from your perspective, as like a reader, sometimes you don't want the fluff. You just want the results, right? That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Udi, what about, what about you? Um, I'm not for fluff, but what I do takes time because the nervous system, you can't just push it. Right. Right. And if people are just wanting results, there are lots of people who sell their, their stuff just by promising results. And I work with a person and the animal and not just the animal. Without the person, the animal is toast, in my opinion. And there are plenty of people they I can refer them to if they want no magic. Seriously. And I do that sometimes, you know. Want a good dog trainer? I give you one. Want to work with a nervous system? You might want to have another conversation with me. And it takes a little longer. So for me, that is m low magic, if you will, because you got to really, like, you know, you with your children, you know, when, when there's a meltdown, you got to take your time to figure out how can you soothe them. You might have your way, you know, the mom might have another way, but it isn't just something where you go like, snap out of it. All right. Right? Mm -hmm. And I think there are plenty of people who sell stuff by promising results and you just pay them and that's it. And they can go to those people. That makes sense. Lexi, what about you? What are, what's a, what's a big con of not running the low, low magic setting, whether it be no magic or high magic. Um, hmm. A con of low magic is or a con, I guess, of not running the low magic is the fact that you risk not being able to deepen your characters enough and, like, develop the world enough. Like, for instance, a, a, a low magic thing mm -hmm. that we know is not really magic, but we're so turned off to it that we can't even, like, fathom the processing, for instance would be like the functionality of society as a whole. Like how trash moves from your dumpster all the way to the landfill or how water moves from your pipes to be processed and come back out clean. Like those are magics without which we would cease to exist really well as a society, right? And so without these like almost blind things these things that we don't have to think about generally as a whole like 
when you become conscious of them, when you have to have that conversation with yourself or with others to like make the thing go, then like all of the magic disappears. Then it's just functionality. Right. So I would say that's the biggest con for it. Okay. So I'm going to rephrase the question because I think I might've said it wrong. Um, because you said the right <laughs> question at the very beginning, but I didn't want to cut you off because that's that, that's a good good statement. Um, uh, what what are cons for for using or not using whatever you want to say the the low magic setting, right? What are what are what are the downsides to doing low magic? That's that's what I meant to ask. How I should have asked. Downsides. <laughs> nope, all good. Uh, I can answer both sides of the question. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say you did great on the other low side. Magic. So. um downsides to using the low magic is uh that you rely too heavily on the faith aspects of things it gets a little bit too woo woo for instance whereas like maybe you you just want the woo like no woo woo just woo (laughs) okay all right um and, and so i would say like like there's a fine line between being able to step into having just enough there that a person can make it through on their own without faith without the powers like that lowest of low points for any hero in the journey where he loses all of the things and is left to his own devices and has to power through because someone is relying on him like that (laughs) that's kind of part of it too right it's like how do you get down to the bare bones of something and and keep them moving without the magic i mean you kind of kind of play on that right uh because in some stories uh well when you talk about things uh, people will fail right sometimes that is the story um you know (laughs) in business failure is a thing right um you you hit a wall people don't do what they're supposed to do our hero goes and drinks himself silly and doesn't defeat the villain and bad things happen afterwards. Um, kind of on that thought, what's a, what's a, is there a common occurrence in your guys' stuff that you do that is that hero low failing story uh, that can be, that, you know, comes out of stuff? Um, Udi, I'm going to start with you because I feel like you had the most obvious one, um, but. There have been sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out for people, no matter how hard they try. You know, we're talking about a healthy animal, but their behavior stuff, sometimes that happens. You know, and that's painful, but that's how it sometimes is. Um, and a lot of people, when I work with terminal animals, which is the bulk, is, is, is my main thing, a lot of people consider death a failure. I don't, but you know, it's, it's one of those really big things in life, birth and death. Right. Right. So, and that's not anything I'm going to change if they have that perception, but I can hold space for the, for the intensity that they are experiencing. Whoops. No, you're, you're good. I'm just trying to fix your guys' video because you guys have been paused for a while. Um, (laughs) So. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, uh, when we tell our stories as a, as a company, as a group, um, death is an option, right? Uh, if in a low setting, a high setting, whatever, you can die. Your character that you've worked years on, weeks on, days on, whatever, can just be torn up into shreds into nothingness when you fail terribly or when bad stuff happens or when you get tired of it or whatever, right? Uh, 
advantage of a TTRPG is you can always build another, and it's a safe place. You're not actually getting hurt by it. You know, besides the mental, uh, the emotional scarring. Uh, but that's just half the fun. Um, jumping, jumping over to Brittany's stuff. Brittany, uh, what about you? When you when you're working with your clients, uh, do you have something that's like an indication of that that hero failing, that that low point that they have to build themselves up from? Do you have? I'm not going to say fun stories, but stories that kind of uh, follow that line. Um, great question. I mean, I would say the the one that just kind of sticks to mind is, you know, you we try to work with these companies that, like, talking from a finance perspective, are going to be able to pay their to pay their bills and right. pay their bills on time. And with my actually with my previous company that I had just founded. Um, you know, we actually ran into a company where, and it happened twice, uh, where they, one time they got, they were very behind on their invoices and, and we use a, a back office team that helps us do, um, our accounts payable and receivable. And, um, they were pretty far behind and it got to a point where our back office team was like, look, if they don't pay on their invoices, um, you're going to have to pay on their invoices. Thankfully, they did, um, but just recently found out from my old previous company that I founded that they'd never ended up paying. And so we had to front the money uh, for to our back office team to pay on those invoices. And it was it was not cheap. But let's just say that. So um, it's unfortunate because, you know, there were the signs and indications that things were just not going well because they weren't paying their invoices. Yet we, though, continued to send out workers to the to their job site. And then it got to a point where, you know, we had to front the cost for, for them not paying on their invoices. And then all those workers that we had out there, we had to pull them from those job sites because we're not going to continue now to send these workers to that job site that if they're not going to pay on their on their invoices. Right. I mean, that that makes sense. And as for storytellers, that's a, a legitimate way to tell a story, you know, especially when you have the, the hero's downfall, as, as Lexi was talking about, where they're at their lowest of lows. Having realistic stuff like that in a low uh, magic setting makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, no magic, real magic, whatever. Those kind of events happen, right? And make a story feel more real um, and add motivation to the good guys, the bad guys, the whoever, right? That you're trying to motivate. Um, having those failures inputted and have them make sense and not just be the evil wizard in the tower blew everything up. Uh <laughs> helps make things feel connected right if it could happen to you you feel it um mm -hmm. so with with that that thought right going back to the the cons of a low magic setting uh thinking about your your own stories in a in a more positive light um what are like again going, we're we're refocusing on the cons of a low magic setting so what are the downsides to having a little magic but not having a ton of magic right or or maybe having or yeah yeah instead of having a ton of magic or instead of having uh no magic i know i kind of asked it before but i'm gonna re-ask it see if i can get a different answer than before because again i think i asked it wrong the first time so starting uh starting with uh Udi. Yeah. I'm so what what comes up for me is that in my own awareness the con can be that I forget about the magic. 
that mm -hmm. I get caught up in in stuff so much that I forget about it that I have to remind myself that it's there. Okay, that's a that's a that's a very important point. You know, if you a low magic setting is very close to a no magic setting, so it's easy to forget, uh, and then it can mm -hmm. blindside you, right? As a good thing or as a bad thing. For storytelling, it might be remembering. Oh yeah, there's wizards in this world. Gosh dang it. Uh, we go back to that Star Wars reference I made earlier, right? There's plenty of people in the Star Wars unit, the universe that have never met a Jedi or know anything about the Force, and then suddenly there's one and it's messing their day up. Uh, <laughs> so, jumping over to Brittany. Yeah, so I'd say for me, it's, you know, yeah, we talked earlier about being just direct. Um, sometimes we got to be transactional. Right. Um. But I remember because I used to work in in corporate America and you just at times you did feel like a number. You didn't mm. feel like you were a, a person at all. And so even though, yes, sometimes we need to be direct and maybe we want to move quickly, whether it's with the client or whether it's with the worker. But we have to understand, remember that they're people as well, too, and to not just treat them as like. Uh, for our clients, not just treat them as like a dollar sign to us or for the worker, same thing, not treat them as like just another number or a dollar sign that you do have to have, you know, some empathy with them, you know, some emotion of some sort and make them feel make them feel special, though. Man, that resonates super hard with us because that's 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 one of our you know underlying unsaid missions for our company is, you know, making people feel valued, having employees be more than a number, all that fun stuff. Right. Uh more people understood that our job would be less of a less of a job uh, to say the least especially when we're dealing with businesses um <laughs> lexi jumping over to you you are still just a uh, flying orbs on my end unfortunately one of these days your video will load um but with uh with this the cons and things uh, we got a few minutes left so i'm gonna ask more of how do you make a good or what makes a good low magic setting in your opinion. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, what makes a good low magic setting? I would say for any system, whether it be magic or uh, any of the fantasy-based things, like, anything that you can use to specialize a person, make sure that it doesn't become something mundane that everyone has access to, because then it takes away the specialness of it. Okay. Um, which of course could be a con in and of itself, but um, if you have a whole like every single person can suddenly access the ability to walk a little bit faster or whatever, <laughs> like something so innocuous but helpful in the right circumstances, like it becomes so not special that it's almost not magic anymore. Mm -hmm. So like being able to maintain that like sparkle really is the biggest thing. You're a big fan of glitter. I'm going to assume we made a lot of glitter references. Tonight. We got fairy <laughs> dust. We got, we got sparkles. Come on now. No, I'm just playing. Um, jumping over to Brittany. Brittany, uh, how do you make your uh, low magic storytelling for dealing with clients and things the best? Po how do you give it the best possible chance of success? Um, you know, I'd say we have, yeah, we have like our foundations. Yes, our SOPs of just at least how to function or run the business. Um, but every every client that we work with all has different needs. 
And so at least going into, you know, these meetings I have with them, or at least just phone conversations or even emails I have with them, you know, I always have in the back of my head, like just what's our foundation for our business, but then tailoring our service to that client and showing them how we're going to be that solution for them. Um, and that solution may not be, you know, it's not going to be the same probably for everybody, but at least we have at least a foundation of like, here's solutions we have that we can offer. And now let's go ahead and offer the right solution or tailor that solution that's going to fit that individual client so that they can see, we understand, we have empathy, and here's how we can be your solution. Nice. So taking that and switching it over to storytelling wise, right? Um if if you can set up a solid foundation right for your stories which is, especially in a low magic setting uh you can take those those key elements and stretch them out to make them magical right as long as you know what the base things are mm -hmm. right the improvement lexi lexi talked about having a slightly special ability that is you know maybe innocuously helpful but still helpful and special uh if you know what everyone else mm -hmm. can do and the standard for everyone where they where they're at it's going to help you tell those stories and make those special people, the specialized uh, characters, feel more special, right? Um, so, going over to Udi, uh, same kind of question for you. When you're dealing with your clients, right, how do you set up your environment to make it the most successful possible? I listen, number listen. one. Okay. I listen. Yeah. Number two, I offer tools that they didn't know exist. You know, and that doesn't mean I have them all, but there are more things you can do than you knew about. I can guarantee you. Um, there's always hope. And hope not like, Look! but there's always hope, you know? There's more you can expand into, there's more that you can learn. And I'm authentic. And since you keep bringing up the concept of storytelling, <laughs> a lot of the things, you know, if you if someone approaches me and says, what is, what is she doing? I know it's a little bit suspicious maybe. I can tell stories. I can give them so many amazing examples of things that I've witnessed, that I have facilitated, that ha that that were so amazingly beautiful in the end, even when an animal died, which is often the case in my work, right? So, um, yep. and it can really shift people's perspective, right? Right. So, and I don't that by promising but i just can share honestly i've been there i've walked this walk and this is this is how i am today i am the person i am today because it's not a sad sack story for me it's a story of hope and it's a story of expansion and you can learn a lot of things that you didn't know you would learn right i mean and that's the hope for most most stuff i mean on the business side of things uh, you know, it sounds like you have fantastic testimonials, right? And that's a huge part of marketing and all that fun stuff, uh, is getting those, those stories that you can tell people and have them relate, right? And feel like what you were doing is worth something to them personally, or just like someone they know or whatever, right? Cause, uh, being business mm -hmm. people, we got to sell stuff, right? So being able to tell those success stories or even are what some people might consider failures as a success in a way. Uh, is going to pave the way forward for us as people uh, well. And as for storytellers, that is just as important across the board, being able to uh, bring in instances of success and failure in a positive light, uh, both as you're telling the stories and playing the games and things, but uh, beforehand as well. Um, let's see here. So we're about at the 50-minute mark, so we got a little extra time. Uh, do you guys want one more question, or do you want to kind of wrap it up? 
question is good with me. Good with whatever. Yeah. All right, y'all. Y'all, whatever me. All right, that means you get one more question. La ha ha. Uh, <laughs> so, um, with with again going back to the main topic of the night, uh, or the main title, I should say, where there is magic, there is danger. Um, what would you like? Uh, Sorry, let me rephrase this so it makes sense. Uh, do you guys view magic, right, in your own prospects uh, as a positive thing or a negative thing? Starting with Lexi. Positive, absolutely. And 100% it's positive. It's not just for the storytelling. Okay, <laughs> keep going. Let me, 100%. Let, me hear, let me hear a little bit more on this one. Um. Well, for instance, like, you were right at the beginning when you were talking about how like just being a business person requires a little bit of that magical edge, that desire to move forward and do something and build something that doesn't exist currently. You have to make it from scratch. And uh, that takes some faith, some magic, some manifestation, all of the things like being able to get something up off the ground even especially with like the craziness that is the way that the businesses are moving especially post-covid like there's so much to it and there's so many nuances and little pieces that you just don't see when you're outside of it and that takes a lot i 100 percent agree Udi, what about you magic a good thing or a bad thing i assume i know the answer but you could surprise me <laughs> Well, I can, uh, the non-surprises, it's a good thing. Okay. The thing that was, that was, <laughs> that was, I was afraid of it. I was afraid to come out of the closet. I was afraid when I incorporate the intuitive aspect of the work that people think I'm a fruitcake, right? So okay. it took me a long time before I incorporated that and openly acknowledged. And also some of the descriptions a very woo woo, as Lexi mentioned, one of my favorite words, by the right, way. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> it took me a while to say, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm grounded. And I have to use certain labels and I will use them. And once people really tune in, they know it's, it's not woo woo, right? The people that want to do it. Right. So, but it was the danger for me that I hid for a long time. Right. So you're, uh... Magic's a good thing, but it, it's okay to be as scared of it, right? Especially when you're first figuring it out. Yeah, I was scared to be exposed, you know? Okay. I mean, as a note for a storytelling, that's a great character drive, right? Especially for a low magic setting is someone discovering that bit that they have, their speciality, as Lexi called it. Uh, and then coming out of the closet with their, their cool thing that they do. Great story arc. And last, but not least for this question, jumping over to Brittany. Is magic a good thing yes. or a bad so, thing for you? Um, I'd say for me, it's, it's almost like, like we said, a little bit of a mixture. I mean, we've talked about kind of some of the things that are bad because, you know, I've got to be direct. Just the time is money type thing. So I'd say that's where it's bad. But of course, I would say it's more of like if there's magic, it's obviously got to be low magic. Again, like I've mentioned of just when I'm working with the clients, it's, you know, showing tailoring our services to fit their needs, you know, kind of showcasing our benefits, why they should choose us, 
sharing those testimonials from other clients that have used us and even with our workers as well too. Like, yes, we've got to be direct with them. Um, they've got to be responsible and professional, but at the same time to show them that they're not just a number and that we care about their well-being as well too. Fantastic. I mean, hey, if you treat your uh, your clients or your your employees, sorry, your employees, magically, they're going to love you. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind for the future for people <laughs> watching this later. Treat your employees with magic. They'll love you. Um, so time for wrap up really quick. Um, I'm going to let you guys do yours and then I'll do ours at the very end. Uh, so we are going to do opposite order one more time. So starting with Brittany. So I just give my who I am again or yeah, whatever you want. This last little bit's for you. You can talk about where to find you, what to do, <laughs> who you are, all that fun stuff. You got whatever you need time wise. We got plenty of it. Yep. So again, uh, founder and CEO of Skilled Trade Staffing, um, focused on the warehousing industry. Um, and so you can find us online, st-staffing.com. Um, Skilled Trade Staffing, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. And then even me personally, you can find me Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and it's Brittany Flores. Nice. Also, Brittany, as a, as a side note for you, you, you were a blocker, right? I was, yes, what, I was what, on the block season eight. Season eight, yeah. So you're on TV right now, right? On Prime? Uh, yeah, they well, they just, I don't know if it's on Prime yet. Last I saw okay. was seven. So I'm okay. hoping eight will be uh, will be on Prime soon. <laughs> right. So for those of you watching, if you want to see more of Brittany in action, check her, check her out on the, the Bloxer stuff. Uh, again, it's on Prime finally, so you can see her there. Wahaha. All right. Udi, over to you. Um. Yeah, my last name is not Unicorn, by the way. <laughs> my last name is <laughs> surprise. My last name is Looper. It's my business is Pets Point of View. You can Google that. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Insta and I'm on TikTok. My website is pets-point-of-view.com. I got that all in one sentence. And I offer free discovery sessions if you want to learn more. And that's what I got. Thank you. I was going to say, for those of you that uh, caught it, that's part of her username, and uh, she made a comment about being her alternate personality uh, before the show started. So I thought I would mention that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and last but not least on our self-promo bits, Lexi. Again, you've been a spinning bowl of death this entire time, unfortunately, but uh, we'll talk about that in the after show. Well, and it's really funny because I can see my own videos, so I don't know what the deal is with that. Alaska but, Internet. We'll blame it on Alaska uh, Internet. Sorry that you get to miss this shining face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and once again, I'm Lexi Moni. Uh, you can find me at publishcourage.com or Google Courage Publishing or Google my name. Uh, I will come up anywhere and everywhere because I am the only one with my name in in this fine fabulous world right now who is on the internet so yay me um and also have a book coming out this year uh it's called uh for the love of growth and uh really looking forward to seeing that come to fruition so here we are doing the author thing doing the publisher thing and rocking it heck yeah i love it so um for those of you watching and those that have been out with a while, if you guys need to find those, I'll have links in the descriptions of all of our videos so you can find them, excuse me, later. Um, and or check out the, you know, it, uh, brain fart, our social media, because we have it all posted on there too. Um, so, last for us, um, it is 
January, which is our not busy season, besides all the fun stuff that we're doing. Um, we The code for this month is WILD907. WILD907. Why? Because it's the calmest month of the year. Capital W, everything else is lowercase. Uh, get your 10% off at the store for services and all the stuff that we sell directly. Uh, second thing, uh, this coming Monday, we have a brand new YouTube series coming out. We'll be doing Avatar, The Last Airbender. Uh, and we'll be trying that TTRPG system and see how it goes. We got a couple new RPG guys uh, and some uh, old faces returning. So we're super excited about that. Um, and then we have our regular Wednesday stuff for D&D as we are have already started our final arc for that. Keep, uh, keep an eye out on that. And then we have our very last episode of Lancer this Thursday. It's it. It's over. If none of my players show up, I'm going to play by myself and finish it out. Um, but our players are very excited to be there. So hopefully we finish strong and cause a lot of havoc and get to finish our stories up there. Um, but other than that, that's all that we got coming up. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you so much for watching. And uh, with Adventure in Mind, have a wonderful time. Maybe if I can find the button. Jeez. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There's, there's more to come. There's more to come.